Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. All right, welcome everybody to the New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery, and today we have Fusto with us. Um, And your company's name, sir, is... Secbaris. Secbaris, right. Yeah, you've got an interesting background, I think. So um, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself there, please. And uh, what we're going to talk about today, I'll get to that right after your introduction. Yeah, Tim, thank you so much for the for the invite. Super excited to, to be here with you today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, started very young. I mean, I, I went to, after high school, went, enrolled in school for computer science and, and liked cybersecurity since day one. Um, and I uh, got a, a job at 19, 20 years old working for a DDoS mitigation company. It was an early startup. Um, awesome. Spent six, seven years there just protecting the largest banks you know, of the world from anonymous uh, back in the, in the mid 2000s, and and right right there, we we after that we got acquired by a bigger company called Akamai. They wanted to really make their security business more robust, and we went from 14 people when I started to 200 plus employees. Um, and just really was my experience there. My, that was my my actual school. Um, right after that, spent a year at Akamai, and then co-founded a company called Zenedge in LA. And we did a web application firewall. And it was one of the first AI web application firewalls right before this, this AI madness. And yeah, <laughs> the AI madness is right. After a few years, we you know raised raised capital, and really increased and generated revenue. Of course, you know five more five million dollars a, a year more in revenue. And and you know we we didn't last a long time in the market because Oracle saw an opportunity to to really acquire us and, and, and sell this product and this technology to their customers uh, on their OCI, OCI you know, the big Oracle Cloud. Um, and right before that Oracle acquisition, I really saw a problem in, in cloud security infrastructure, security and compliance, you know, what we call today governance. And so an opportunity to, building, to build a solution tailored for cloud architects to be able to define their business and security strategy, yeah, apply that across their multi-cloud um, infrastructure to, to truly enable DevSecOps. So, found this burst a few years ago. You know, raised you know, over ten million dollars in capital, and, and now running. And we, we now have some of the largest customers both in, in, in multiple markets today, and everything's going as expected. So we're super excited to, to be in the market with, with our solution. Yeah, you got a real interesting background. I like this uh, software and the development. I know the DevOpsec or DevOps itself, uh, that was a coin term that just came into play. Uh, it has been a catchphrase for a while, just like, you know, zero trust. Um, yeah, it seemed to be one of those things they coined and then and it's everywhere. So everybody's like, what does that really mean sometimes? Um, so you do mainly, uh, you know, software development, right? I mean, these are products, these are, is it a spectrum across all cloud products uh, when it comes to environments like the production operation and then the dev environments and things like that? And these types of uh, software actually cover yeah. some of those? 
Yeah, this is more of a, you know, when a DevOps is, is hired by a company, uh, right now you see a lot of cloud-native applications, and, and they're, they're cloud-native because they're, uh, they're being, they're, they're powered by the services of these public cloud providers, right, the CSPs. Um, so because, you know, companies are building a lot of different cloud-native applications, they have all of these environments, you know, that production, test, staging environment, and they need to have uh, the guardrails, and call the guardrails. So by having those guardrails in place using our solution, we can be able to detect if any configuration deviates from a compliance or business requirement and, and can post a, a data breach or a misconfiguration risk. So our solution just sits there, some sort of like an eagle eye, just really looking at all the changes that are happening across the cloud. Mm -hmm. That allows organizations to say they, we've enabled DevSecOps, right? So the security in DevOps. So that's where we, we come in. Oh, awesome. Well, let's hold our pause right there. We're gonna come back after we hear from our commercial break here uh, from our sponsors. BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Okay, welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery, and today we have uh, Fusto. And uh, <laughs> I'll get it right right at the end, probably. Um, and I do apologize, but uh, a lot of times my uh, slang accent usually falls in there, right? So, Seabrus. Uh, Seabrus is the company. Sick bears. Sick bears. <laughs> and you're smiling. So, I will get it right sooner or later. Um, so, and in cloud native uh, communications or cloud, cloud native and cloud support for cloud platforms across the board, and uh, doing, a, you call it more or less a watchdog software. Um, it sounds like that. So it just monitors out there and it does a lot of the, so your company actually, actually creates a lot of this element so it does compliancy checks for controls and measures across the cloud. So it, it monitors changes on the cloud and then and can give alerts or reports, I'm assuming, for certain specifics. Uh, so that way you understand change in cybersecurity. It's more like, I always refer to it as the watchdog, as a watchdog or a guard dog, right? Uh, a lot of these elements, uh, and of course, uh, some of the software was bought up by Oracle, uh, the, their platforms for cloud support and uh, cloud provisioning. Um, so, what what is it in your company? Do you think is uh, probably? In the, in, I know cloud has been moving in, and you know they give statistics like in the next five years, fifty percent of all information will more than likely be in the cloud. So, I mean, as you've, in your experience in the last, let's say, two decades or, uh, you know, 15 years or so, uh, what do you see trending and what is one of the biggest issues with moving to cloud? So, I think, I mean, what's, what's trending continues to be uh, cloud migration and building cloud applications. And it's because the, there is a need for velocity, right? So, enterprises 
have to build products and take it to market as fast as they can to compete within the, their own industries. Yeah. You see this velocity happening and what's trending is business velocity. So I think some of the challenges these companies are having is they don't have any control, any security control over what happens under under the hood. So the, the so-called shadow IT, like what's happening, how do we know that these configurations and these applications are being uh, deployed uh, in a secure way, like that hygiene, right? Because we moved away from that tradition of change control management where you can actually have a stopgap if something doesn't pass a certain, certain test. And is that a luxury cloud has and organizations are not mature enough to actually have that. So we, we do see that and what happens is you need to, one of the things trending at the enterprise is these enterprise solutions to solve those problems. They have to be uh, very simple to deploy and to use, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because there's there's so much velocity going. So we do see solutions in, in the in the security governance and security space being yeah. more simple to adopt and to implement. Um, companies and uh, solutions that are not generating a lot of noise uh, because the noise is just fatigues. Mm-hmm. Uh, this engineers and we do see cloud continue to trend um, in velocity. So a combination of that is how can you deploy solutions that are at the speed of the business so we can continue actually doing this. So um, really, really what's going on out there. Awesome. Yeah, I I know that uh, everything in AWS seems to be taking the, the bigger market portion um, outside of like Azores or the Google platforms um, and inter- impl- imp- implementing the cloud native product uh, into a lot of what they're doing. Um, so, and, and I don't know, it, it, to me it sounds like, you know, when you, when you say, uh, we always state that, you know, the cloud is just someone else's computer, right? You've heard that before, right? So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, and what security kind of looking like is it trends, um, do you see any perspective factors that uh, would be shortfalls as far as the maturity levels of some of these cloud platforms? I think one of the, the biggest challenges is enterprises are, are multi-cloud, right? So because we're multi-cloud and they are deploying in multi-cloud, especially if you have large corporations that are building, let's say, building everything in AWS, mm-hmm. just to example, but they do an acquisition of a company that's building everything in Google Cloud, now you immediately are multi-cloud. So the parity between clouds are completely different. They're not just the same. You need different skill sets for different cloud um, providers because we do different data structures. So we, we do see that companies have to adopt um, a framework that, that allows them to be, continue to get mature across whatever provider they use. So we do see, we're starting to see companies understanding that first. Um, and working towards a more mature model, but this is it's an ongoing it's an, it's an ongoing battle right now that's happening in the industry. And what do you what is the timeline you think? I mean, is there any short term things that we think we're going to get to as far as maturity level goes for cloud platforms? From a, I think the cloud itself are, are very stable, right? So they are they are very mature. But I think what we need to see, and it's happening now, is an understanding of CISOs of where they have to be per cloud provider to be mature within themselves. So I think we've passed cloud maturity for the provider, and now we need to see cloud maturity for the user, for the enterprise, right? So that's where we are. And I, 
And I do believe in the next in the next few years uh, we're going to see enterprise essentially um, reaching that maturity level. Yeah, that's interesting because at an organizational levels or enterprise levels for an organization or corporation, yeah, it looks like there's shortfalls there um, having to match up with the way the trend of cloud, you know, uh, everyone's pushing to the cloud because of agile processes. Uh, and then, like you said, the speed of business, um, the objectives, the goals, uh, trying to trend that into, uh, you know, faster turnarounds and to market values, which can be the difference between success or failure in a lot of corporations um, and services. Um, yeah, I could see how organizations could, could yeah. benefit from it and then also fail if they don't understand what's happening. Uh, and grab a hold of it and, uh, and figure out what their objectives are going to be to move them uh, however they are, trend there. Um, you know, it was interesting because, like, uh, Polaroid uh, knew that the digital age was coming, and they never they never wanted to go move forward. Uh, they stayed with printing, um, and Polaroid went under um, because they never grasped the concept that we were going to go to such a thing as digital age and, and be able to t capture pictures the way we do now. So, I mean, it, it's a blatant example of with, with cloud platforms, uh, if it's trending in the same direction and it picks up the same way, which it sounds like it is, I mean, it sounds like companies, I mean, companies will fall, rise and fall uh, and migrate and you'll start seeing the trends of that. To the end user's perspective, I mean, how do you see it trending? It sounds to me like, you know, um, when they decided to, instead of put the, you know, analog signal through the digital uh, plug, turn it around, and uh, put the digital through the, the digital plug, basically, and um, how networking patterns changed and how, like, voice over IP became more prominent and how the ability to uh, pick up packets and use the digital age to transition us out of uh, analog type of methods. I know that uh, the, the x-rays went from, you know, analog to, to the PAX digital consumption which now we get, you know, we can spread those across ma major networks. That means that everybody uh, can get, you know, better medical care closer to home and in different countries that did not have that privilege now are seeing trends into that. So definitely technology being a plus when it comes to a lot of things in life for comforts and uh, those types of things. But also we can see that, that, uh, that we can have some impact that's negative as well. So yeah. as the end user, what do you see, um, you know, trending for security measures, Im implications? We talk about two-factor authentication these days. Um, how does that, how does the, the software mechanism with allocation to like API use and, um, and just the uh, agile method, how do you see that imp yeah, implying to it? Yeah, I think, I think one of the big concepts we, you know, we like to talk about is is risk federation, like federation risk management, because uh, I think risk as a as a as a whole is is it's a responsibility of everyone in the enterprise. Right? I think the times of blaming security or blaming IT or blaming the CISO or blaming the CEO uh, is not going to get us anywhere in an organization or an enterprise. So I think companies have to look at risk in a way that everyone needs to contribute to mitigating that risk, right? From the top, sending the strategy to the engineers trying to remediate their risk that they introduced to the company um, or to the infrastructure, um, you know, mistakenly or, or, or not. So 
I think one of the big things is, is really understanding that as a core and then our solution as a core has that concept and those features to build a federated risk management, right? Where you can have thousands of engineers and now the risk pie is split between all of the engineers based on what they introduced to the to the infrastructure. So, you know, I think the, the if you look at security from uh, back in the day, traditionally everything goes to one bucket and that bucket everyone has to investigate. Yeah. But we're seeing that that is not a method that works because you're going to miss something 100%, yeah. right? How do you solve that? Right? So the way we think about solving that is, is federating that risk across everyone. Because now that you have that, you can now build a model that remediation and risk management is reduced over time on an enterprise. So, you know, that's that's our, our main core value problem when it comes to that and I do see enterprises starting to adopt that mentality. Yeah. And the concept of zero trust, you know, the government has implied this across the board. And it looks like they're taking a stance where we're phasing into it. Um, do you see over in your experience, do you see corporations having an issue with this? Uh, to trend towards what they need to for zero trust and do you think zero trust is the answer to to really reducing and access control measures and uh, protecting data yeah I, I think zero trust is definitely one of the answers to solving the problem right and we do adopt it within our technology as well as a solution to our customers but i think companies are now starting to move from zero trust as a um, a buzzword or, or as a methodology to an actual implementation, right? Yeah. But everything that says zero trust is zero trust. So I think now we need to start looking a little more ahead of of what we read and, and actually start implementing those principles in, in, the, in the company. But I do believe it's one of the main answers actually to get there um, and, 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 and has to be part of every CISO strategy. Do you think it impacts the development life cycle for software products? Or can um, well, I think it impact depending on how Zero Trust is deployed um, in a way that can scale, right? I think if, if you deploy a Zero Trust solution that could scale yeah. from a federation perspective or, or how the solution is, de is deployed, then it won't. If it's a true stop gap, and blocks speed, then then it's not gonna work, right? Yeah. A, how, how can how can you scale? How can you get implemented? How can you get adopted fast? And that's what new evaluation systems have to have to be. Yeah, adaptability is the key, right? So everything it has to be adaptable and flexible to the needs of the enterprise or in in the environment. Clouds know, um, you know, knows. As, as well as any other system implementations or in implementations um, and clouds no uh, doesn't get out of the out of it either so it has to be flexible it has to be agile uh, and I, I, I could see companies I mean like AWS is trending pretty fast and they have a pretty good uh, set of individuals that they consistently keep on new innovations and things of that nature so I've had the chance on some insight for some of that um, so it sounds interesting as, as adaptability for zero trust into the cloud. Um, so it sounds like as companies trend into the cloud, uh, you know, it may may source them well to move into the cloud and with this zero trust being complementary to 
being able to protect data. So, um, do you see any other factors uh, in the com or in the trend of the industry uh, at this point uh, when we move into the cloud? And do you think it's moving faster? Is there any other trends, like with security perspective-wise, that could be applied here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's moving very very fast. I think migrations and the planning of build-outs are not are not being stopped. I think we see a lot of infrastructure as code of build-outs, right? So the whole shift left approach in the DevOps cycle, right? So we do see companies adopting that um, infrastructure as code, and, and it's one of the things that. You know, when you protect an organization, you gotta have, uh, you gotta assess every single phase of that cycle, whether from like coding, building, committing, you know, running an operations, the whole code to cloud or the whole supply chain. There's a few names for it, but everything has to be assessed by a solution that can scale. So we do see a lot of companies adopting DevOps uh, principles. Mm -hmm. Now we need to make sure that the solutions to secure those those principles are up to part, right? So it's it's kind of a race. You know, you want to go fast, and you want to have solutions that can also go fast and you can get adapted and, and customized to to your requirements, right? So I think the, the days of products um, being, you know, black and white and out of the box, uh, they don't work anymore. You know, now we need to look at solutions that are completely adaptable to the organization's requirements and to the organization's now. Um, landscape in a way. Yeah, seems like their own flavor of, uh, depending on what, whatever distribution, just like the, you know, Linux, the Unix versions that came out in the 70s, 80s. So, um, it sounds like they're moving towards, trending towards that. So, okay, so we're going to take a short break here and we're going to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Okay, welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery. And today we're speaking with Fausto. Yes. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and about cloud products, cloud services, and the cloud platform, um, certainly your company has done a lot of work with uh, helping support uh, security control measures imp implemented into the cloud. Uh, and it sounds like you, there's more than one company there, and, and you've, you've got a great history of it. So uh, it's, it's great to, to talk with you about it. Um, and we were referring back to the nature of cloud and the trending of, you know, at an organizational level, enterprise level. Um, of just how fast that might be moving, uh, what that looks like as far as security postures for uh, cloud service products or platforms um, within a corporation. And um, I mean, what is consistently like, what are the CISOs out there that you see or have heard from um, through the trending of this? Do you, do you see there's a large learning curve to the C-suite? Um, and do they, do, are they taking this, this idea serious? Because I know we refer back to just how fast agile 
that you know business objectives are, are speeding up so I know that if you don't get to market that seems to be one of the downfalls of some of the companies yeah I mean we you know definitely we, we've been very very lucky in, in a way where the CISOs that are, are our customers are really understanding the problem and and what they need right um, and but we do see CISOs out there that we've talked to that are understanding that today's solutions are not um, up to speed with what's going on in, in, in the enterprise and, and what's going on on the business side, right? So, and they're trying their best to really find uh, those solutions that can adapt to the velocity, right? So, and it starts with how they're built their, their team and structure, right? So, when you look at cloud, I think the first thing is having a really good cloud security architecture group that understands governance, understands compliance, understands technology, understands sure. how this building and instead of getting the tool and deploying it to the, you know, have the engineer just turn this on and make sure everything is secure, they're, they're looking at this top-down approach first, which is strategy, um, then close the gap to risk remediation. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing that change, but, you know, we've been educating the market for a few years now on, on really starting to, to, and now we're starting to see that shift, right, yeah. um, in the space. Yeah, and you were talking a little bit about training there um, and the, the, the fact that the, you have multi-platforms, multi-clouds, and support of that, and that was one of the big triggers that now we're looking for the skill set. Um, do you see trends in, and which trends do you see as far as training goes in, in the platforms for cloud? I think one of the one of the big things is we, we are seeing a lot of um, um, Training around just cloud security architecture, right? And mm-hmm. understand how to create and, and how to build a LAN uh, infrastructure uh, that is secure across the board, right? So you know there is a lot of investment in cloud security architecture uh, into the future, just because there's not a lot of skill set around that, um, uh, you know, that title, responsibility, or role, or however you want to call it. So we are seeing companies that are just really investing in that area, right? And yeah. then you know, now we've seen products built for those roles um, is one of the biggest trends. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the cloud architectural role has not really stuck out um, so much um, as this has trended in, you know, information into the cloud platforms. And now it seems like there's a, there's an uphill climb. To, to find skill sets, and I think AWS, uh, it's just one I keep repeating, but uh, AWS is just as well as, uh, as Google's uh, platforms work well um, in uh, IBM. So um, they, all of them, um, look like that they're struggling to just keep up with uh, skill, you know, learning and teaching certain, certain skill sets. So they've had to adapt quite a bit to get uh, at least the learning methods out there fast enough. I also see that trending in universities. So, yeah. I mean, you can get, uh, you know, one year, two year degrees, but what we normally have is cloud uh, product or cloud platform classes that uh, I, I do teach some of those things. Usually they don't come very often. Um, and usually it's uh, a one-off that they try to teach for cloud. I suspect that it, it will trend more into the curriculum for IT degrees in universities. So, uh, and you'll probably get to see that you know, as as you are uh, the owner and co-founder for the company, um, and, and and I'm sure you're probably not going to stop there. There'll probably be other companies that you come up with 
um, and you'll start to see as you hire you know these types of engineers that uh, their degree paths will start to coincide with you know as the trend in in, uh, in the marketplace changes so in uh, universities can always be a step behind uh, as they try to, to gain on new technologies and correspond in your company do you um, I mean as far as learning or teaching um, the provisions that your company does for teaching uh, your uh, you know your employees and things like that I'm sure it coincides have you ever had a university come to you and ask for curriculums things of that nature or how did how does that you know fit into the program of the trend for cloud um, for kind of for for our, our employees well I think one of the things is we we do a combination right we have uh, employees and engineers that come directly from from school sure right of college, uh, the you know software development, cybersecurity across the board. Yeah, usually uh, all kinds of right. You get all kinds of types and things of that nature. So, and then once we once we once they come in and, and they're on board as part of bearers, we do support the continuous education across the, the industry, right? So, either a cybersecurity class or you know information security courses, compliance, software engineering. This across the board is something that we always continue to push. Um, um, and not probably not formal education kind of back to university, but just really new trends that are coming out, specifically for uh, you know cloud uh, cloud providers or or um, this one that, that we have a really good relationship with partnership with, which is Cloud Security Alliance. Oh yeah, uh, and is really one of our main partner sponsors, and we do a lot of education with, with them. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, yeah, Cloud Security Alliance is, is certainly uh, on the forefront of, uh, of course, cloud security. So um, there's no doubt. Um, it's a good association. Um, and then, you know, I've seen it also trend into the government some um, and pick up uh, as far as the government usually doesn't like open source uh, type of things as well. But um, we've seen to be able to make good habit of, of certain cloud products. Um, and they're training towards you know teaching and, and that blends in with universities and skill sets and the requirements and so it's always unique to see how uh, these things start to trend with the idea that if we're moving into the cloud faster than we expected um, how that's going to keep up with the skill set um, yeah. and sometimes that also creates lags in the, the probability of moving towards a cloud platform faster um, and then with the idea of you know business objectives moving faster, faster ratios to make it to market because of the ability to do such rapid measures, um, then that applies also. So, yeah, I, I guess the the trend is moving as fast as it's going to go, and, and I want to say that um, I see it kind of lagging at certain levels, but um, um, you know, still the cloud's still moving though. So. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. So we're going to almost wrap it up here. It's good talking to you. Um, is there anything else you want to say uh, for your company, for yourself, about cloud, cloud native? I think one of the big things is is, is, is one of the, the highly innovative part of our technology. You know, we are introducing this concept in, in, of a configuration data lake, right? So we really learned that every company just needs to understand to see the data, assess the data, and the data set means all the cloud configuration that they have across the board. 
So we really took this data lake and data warehouse concept, right? So all of our customers' data really is, is, is stored in this centralized repository of, of, of real-time assessment, right? So our customers can come in and understand, uh, look at the data and explore the data, remediate kind of the, the data set, and then be able to federate that across the board. Right? So it's always one of the things that I like to, to end with, and when we think about the various uh, platform, we think about configuration, data lake, and, and everything on top of that. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, big data, you, you hear those words. So uh, certainly, certainly we're collecting data at ratios that uh, we've never seen before. Um, you know, artificial intelligence is playing roles in being able to, to use the data for other uh, factors. Um, also, the, the, bot, the chat bots are starting to play roles um, into service-related uh, industries for support using data as well. So, yeah, definitely understand that cloud's a big part of that as well, uh, the platform that you're using. So, like I said, it was good talking to you. Um, and, no, it's a, um, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for the invite. Yeah, no doubt. Um, see if we can have you back sometime later and see how things are going with you then. So, um, anyway... This is it for us, uh, New Cyber Frontier. We hope you uh, enjoy listening, and uh, we'll see you next round. Till then. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only 